0: Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I'm Angie Bauman, and this is episode 124, and my guest today is writer, podcaster, and founder of Fresh Faith 24 Ministry, John Fugler. John's devotion to the Lord is evident from the moment our conversation begins. He said at one point during the interview that his relationship with God is the most important thing in his life, And I go back to that statement a time or two, because I think a lot of us would make that statement that God is the most important thing in our life. But John and I continue to examine what it looks like when we live out that statement. And I admittedly don't know John all that well, but I have no doubt that Jesus is his first priority. Our verse today is one that John returns to time and time again. It's part of Philippians chapter three, verse eight. And it says in the NIV, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I encourage you to listen as I talk to John for the things that he's lost as he's come to know Jesus. And I also invite you to listen for the things that he's found. Let's listen in. Hello, Steady on Community, and welcome into this podcast episode. I'm Angie Bauman, and with me today is John Fugler. Did I say that right, John?
1: Yes, you did. Congratulations, you get a star.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Try to do my homework. I'm like, "Hmm, I wonder how you say that. I listen to you on your podcast. John is the podcast host of, um, let's see, Fresh Faith in Real Life. That's the name of your podcast, right?
1: That's right. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I am so delighted. To have you join us today, thank you so much for spending some time with us and serving us today.
1: Great to be here. I uh, have listened to past episodes and have enjoyed them. And uh, you just got a great ministry going there. So thanks for letting me be part of this.
0: I'm I'm super excited to have you here. Thank you. Yeah. So I I want to talk to you about what you call performance Christianity. Uh, I think that sounds that sounds a little bit like heavy or loaded or something like that. So I want you to unpack it uh, for us. What did performance Christianity look like in your life? Uh, what does that look like in our lives?
1: Sure. I, and I thought I was the only one who had this problem. I started talking with people who could identify with this. And um, I, I grew up as a performer because uh, I love sports. I played sports, baseball, especially throughout the years. And, uh, you know, when you're playing sports and competitive, and it's all about performance, you've got to win, you've got to do well, you know, whether you're performing well or not, because of the results. And uh, when I became a Christian age 16, I went forward at a, a small church on a Sunday night to hear I, I went to the church to hear a college football coach speak of all things. Yeah. Um, that's what drew me in. He didn't talk about football, he talked about john three and how to be born again. And I was the guy in the back row who heard it just for the first time I heard that. I went forward, gave my life to Christ. They took me into the side room and they said, if there's one thing that you do that of anything else, you want to read this book five minutes a day, you know, held up the Bible. And I think they probably gave me a Bible too. And they said, read it five minutes a day. And I'm going great. That's, that's easy for me. So that's the best thing you could have told me, but also the worst thing you could have told me because the first thing I heard about the Christian life is read the Bible five minutes a day. You say, John, well, that's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. You got to read the Bible at least five minutes a day. But I saw that in my performance-based mind is that is my way to live the Christian life. That's how I get close to God. And I spent the next what 40 years living that way Uh, in the Christian life. I thought that I was living a relationship with Jesus I had a relationship with Jesus, experienced a lot of joy and a lot of victories, but there was something at the base of that where I was equating my my performance, my obedience, my service, everything I did for God to my relationship with him. And I had it backwards. I had I tell people I was uh, a a functioning performaholic for Jesus. <laughs>
0: So. Doing so much, if I might interject, I'm, I imagine doing so much good for him in the process.
1: Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, after college, went into full-time Christian work, Christian radio, Christian ministry. Uh, this performance-based Christianity worked really well, and I saw results. And yet, I was experiencing an emptiness, ups and downs in my Christian life, uh, frustrations, anger. It was, there was something missing there. There was a hole because I had used the performance to equate to relationship. And I was missing a depth of relationship with Jesus. And I don't want, I don't want you to think that my life was really bad. I was a Christian, but boy, I lived carnally and things were bad. And no, I had a lot of great uh, seasons yet. This just got to me and I didn't even know it. Mm.
0: How did you, how did you come to know it? How, what was it like when you began to experience maybe a, a, a holy uncomfortableness or something like that, that, that alerted you that something needed to change? Well,
1: it came from a book. I mean, I read a book that a friend gave to me, he said, John, you got to read this book. It's a great book. And so I did. And, um, it's a book, uh, by Sky Jathani called with Reimagining the way you relate to God. And he spelled out the ways that we normally relate to God as believers, and over God, under God, from God, and the fourth one was for God. And for me, I related to God that way, that my service for God and the things I did for God, my obedience for God, that's how I related to him. I had, and when you think about that, imagine as a parent and your child relating to you that way, they do all the right things. They obey, they, um, they clean up their room. They do their chores. They're nice to you. They, you know, get the grades at school. They're good at church. Then they leave home and you wonder what happened. They went off the edge in their Christian life and they're just, who is this person? Well, (laughs) it was that way in my relationship with God, I was living for God. And, Sky says, we're to relate with God, a relationship with God. And that changed it for me, because the four part of serving him was secondary to relating to him and having a relationship with him. And he pointed out uh, a verse that has become my favorite in Philippians 3.8. Paul said, What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And two verses later, he says, I want to know Christ, as if we didn't get it the first time, Paul. You tell us again, I want to know Christ. And here's Paul, who is the greatest servant that we probably know of the Lord, the one who sacrificed the most, the one who went to the limit to tell people about Christ, the one who discipled, the one who preached, the one who served, served, served and that he said, his goal in life is to know Christ. Everything else is a loss compared to knowing Christ. And I believe Paul was able to serve like he did, and be content in whatever his circumstance is because he focused on knowing Christ. I bet you that's what he did for the what a dozen years that he kind of be, he he was had that conversion Damascus Road experience and went away for, yes. <laughs> for a dozen yeah. years.
0: Right? Yeah. And exactly.
1: Developed that relationship with Jesus. I want to be like Paul. I want to know Christ. That's, that's my goal. And I want to help a million other believers know the Christ of the cross.
0: I love that so much, so much. I, I want to ask what were some things maybe in your life that needed to change as you made that transition? I'm wondering, like Paul says, you know, I count other things lost. Were there things in John's life that you were like, actually, I need to not do this in order to get what I want. And that is to know Christ more.
1: I think for me, I had to stop doing things. I'm a real doer. Uh, I like to accomplish. Uh, I like to produce things. Um, And I like to have this feeling of accomplishment of completion and and, and almost a lot of activity, even if I didn't bring things to completion. So I was wrapped up in that. So I needed to stop. I needed to slow down. I've learned a lot about rest in the last couple of years and what that really means. Uh, and, And so I fight this. I still do. Uh, I, I had COVID uh, a couple of weeks ago and I was away overseas, <laughs> overseas with COVID. So I couldn't get out of the hotel room. I happened to be on an Island, not Hawaii, but it was an Island and it was, the weather was nice, but I couldn't do anything. And This I sounds had terrible. <laughs> and it was, uh, it's not too bad. It was, I had a little ledge I could go out on, um, <laughs> But it was a time where I felt like God had given me a timeout, <laughs> yeah. a COVID timeout. And I felt fine after a couple of days, but I couldn't go anywhere. And it was a time of, of rest, time of slowing down. But you know what, Angie? I still managed to occupy my, my time with things. And I kind of get looked at. And so I guess I, I, I'm trying to learn about resting and trying to learn about slowing down but I'm still in that doing performing mode. And until we get out of the doing performing mode, we're always going to wrestle with that because here I had this whole week to just sit and be with Jesus, Mm. sit and be with Jesus, read the word, pray, think about Jesus, think about the future. um, Just have this time with the Lord. And I did have some good time with the Lord, but my bent is still to perform. Um, I'm a lot further than I was. Mm -hmm. And I'm inside, I'm I'm a different person. I I hopefully in my behavior, I am too. But that's, uh, you have to slow down, you have to rest, at least I do, and stop doing things.
0: Uh, you're, yeah, you're speaking my language so much with those who, those who listen to the podcast know that because I'm a, I'm a doer performer too. And I, and I, this is something that I struggle with all the time. I mean, really, you know, and I hear him calling me back to it and I respond to that. And then I don't, and I'm just wondering for you, I I've, I've asked, and I've learned a lot about myself, about what that's about. A lot of it's fear-based for me, fear that I'm not enough. If I don't produce fear that I'm not lovable, if I'm not accomplishing something, I don't know. Do you do you know what that's like for you, or, or in general, would you say that you know what that's like for most of us who fall into that sort of performing, doing kind of uh, mode, if you will?
1: You, what motivates it? You mean? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. For you that's that's and a, for all of us. That's a good us. question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think fear of failure. That's mm-hmm. one for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to fail. And you know, I'm involved in leadership and Christian ministry. And as a leader, you want to look good and you want to be who you're supposed to be. You want to be this. You want to be every Christian leader in the world all rolled into one. And that's you. (laughs) And there's there's no room for a nine. Everything's got to be a 10. So we laugh about that, but um, there's a lot of pressure though. (laughs) There's a lot of pressure and and self-imposed pressure and
0: do it all really, really well as if anyone can, but we think (laughs) we're supposed to, and we think everyone else thinks we're supposed to dang it. Yeah.
1: And we're the only ones that think it. Right you know, we're putting that pressure on us. And I'll tell you one of the things that this profound statement that the Lord put up late on my heart that I wrote down one day, and I keep coming back to it. My relationship with God is the most important thing in my life. Mm. That sounds really profound, doesn't it? No, it's so basic. My relationship with God is the most important thing in my life. And Angie, when I wake up and when I sit down with the Lord in the morning, sometimes I, I open to that page because I said, I need a refresh. I need to, I just need to get that right. And everything else cascades from there. When I get that priority right, I may not achieve this. I may not meet that deadline. I may not perform this way, that way. I may not get certain things done, but my relationship with God is the most important thing in my life. And if I take care of that, then the other things they'll work out. I may not yeah. be able to control them and I may fail at some things, but my relationship with God is the most important thing in my life. So when I think about that, I push everything else out and it's like a breath of fresh air. I actually do take a deep breath yes. and say, okay, that's all is required of me. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. my relationship
1: with God. Then he'll hand me other things that he wants me to take care of. Yeah, that's, that's that, first.
0: that I love uh, that is, feels so centering to me because when I get that sort of like when the anxiety rises in me, when I am like moving towards perfectionism and performance and the doing and all that, I call that like sort of soul chaos. Sometimes when I'm not, <laughs> I'm not in, I'm not in agreement anymore with who God says he is or who he says I am in him, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've decided to be my own God and make my own way. But that kind of statement that you're talking about is so centering when you're like, wait a second how am I, That's like the ministry is called steady on because it's like a stead. I mean, I hear that as like, as a steadying mm-hmm. thing, like remember, right. Remember your priority. Remember what you have declared is the most important thing and figure out where you're not living that way right now. Because when you, when you trim that off, when you call that back, you'll, you'll be at peace again because mm-hmm. he offers it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. good. So good. Hey, friend, I'm cutting in right here to let you know my dear friend and ministry partner Jennifer Elwood and I have created something we are calling The Ministry Co-op. It's an online space where women ministry leaders can gather for a community garden approach to ministry. For instance, if you are planting seeds learning Instagram and someone else is planting seeds learning web design, wouldn't it be wonderful to swap that learning so your ministry has more tools? That's what we do at The Ministry Co-op. Every member of the co-op has the opportunity to learn in places they haven't yet planted and share from the areas they are reaping a harvest. Each month we will have a growth emphasis along with monthly work alongs and group coaching sessions to help keep you focused and encouraged. Upcoming topics include serving on and leading launch teams, constructing authentic email lists, and speaking for and hosting virtual events. Membership is $60 for one year and enrollment will be open October 3 through 14, 2022. If you'd like to learn more, you'll find the link in today's show notes. And now back to the show. Uh, You talk about experiencing a kind of a spiritual breakthrough that ushered you into a time of getting to know Jesus in a whole new way. Would you talk a little bit about that experience, what that was like for you?
1: Yeah, it, when I read that book from Sky, and I read it twice, then I read it a third time. Then I started buying it and giving it away to other people, and then I didn't have any. I didn't have any left for me. I couldn't find one in anywhere, so I bought the Kindle version. So I always have it. Yeah. It's not going to go away, <laughs> and and you can highlight in Kindle all different colors. And so I go back and I, I I review it and go to those points. But I'd say that is to me that was a turning point. Uh understanding it. And then you have to practice it. Yeah. It has to become real just because it's in your mind. Just because it was in my mind doesn't mean, okay, now I got this covered. Mm-hmm. No, it was like, okay, now, now I've really got to, I've got to get right with the Lord. Uh, I don't want to be a doer, but I've got to do some things that get me right with the Lord. And I've got to, I've got to go deeper with him. I've I've got to, like Paul says, I want to know Christ. So that was the answer. How can I, how can I know Christ? And I had to spend time with him, uh, spend time enjoying my relationship with him. Uh, Looking at that time with him is so important. One of the things that uh, somebody taught me is to have a a retreat with the Lord. So a day with God. Uh, For me, it's a half day because I can't I can't make it through the whole day. Sorry, Lord. <laughs> um, but I do a half day and it's like, it's free for all. It's like whatever I want to do, but it's just time with Jesus.
0: How just often do you Jesus. do that? Half a day? Uh, once a month. Once a month. Mm-hmm. Once a month. And, and what does I, that you know, look like for you? Can I ask? I'm just really curious about practically. What does that look like for
1: yeah, you? Yeah, I usually do it right in this couch behind me here. Um, and it, I'm the kind of person who needs quiet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I mean, totally quiet. I can't even walk and pray. I don't know. I just, I gotta have focus. It's like, can't even take a quiet walk and pray. No. Cause I'm looking at this, I'm looking at that. I'm thinking about other things. So just a quiet place for me here where uh, just spend time in the, in, in the word uh, I journal a lot. So I pull out my written journal and I just start writing things and I don't know where it's going to go, but I just open myself up to what the Lord might want to speak to me about or things inside that I needed to get out to God and, half the journal is a prayer, half the journal is just journaling. Um, it's, it's just, there, there's no rules to it. So for me, actually writing it out is important. Um, put on the headset and headphones and listen to some worship music mm-hmm. and just think maybe sing a little bit myself as long as nobody's around. Um, and, uh, perhaps it's studying a passage or I come into it and I'm thinking, wow, there's this concept of, uh, in my relationship with Christ, it's, really God's really speaking to me about. So I dig into the Bible about that. I look in um, some Bible commentaries about certain passages. I love the Bible hub because you can use that app to read all these different commentaries. Yeah. And I just, there's no rules to it, but it's time with Jesus, whatever, whatever happens, happens. Um, I may go out for a walk. I may take a bike ride. uh, I may go Downstairs. If I get tired of sitting here, I may walk around a little bit. But it's just time with Jesus. It's it's that's what it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How how do you just practically? I'm just saying because I am because you've been saying it. Yeah, you're a doer and a producer and all those things. How do you protect it? How do you not give it away?
1: Um, how do I protect the time? The
0: time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: You have to schedule it. Yeah. I block block it out, mm-hmm. uh, and that's. You just put it on the calendar.
0: Yeah, it's intentionality, is it not? Like I I actually, because it goes back to what you're saying. My relationship with God is the most important thing in my life. And for me, you know, for you, part of that is this like mini retreat, if you will, where I am actually going to dedicate this time to that relationship. Because for me, when I do things like that, uh, it like, it furthers that relationship so much. It's so valuable to me. I, you know, I liken it to when my family takes a a, a trip together, right? Like we go away for a week for the summer. Um, well, we're spending time together like we are at home, but something different happens when we set aside time and we remove some of the everyday things that are a part of our lives and we mm-hmm. focus on each other and we share new experiences together, the relationship changes. And that's, I think that's what happens for me. I'm wondering if that's what happens for you too, when you're like, no, this is time that I'm going to just, uh, experience and explore. And you en- use the word, enjoy my relationship with Jesus.
1: It is. And, and because I write things down, I can go back and and look at what God taught me or what he had laid on my heart. Cause I can tend to say, well, I got that down on paper and now let's move on to something else. But I've been looking back on my most recent time, which was when I had COVID <laughs> and I did have lots of time. So had a day with the Lord and I go back so well, wow, those are some foundational things that God wanted to do in my life. And and I went, I, I keep going back and reading those. You mentioned uh, getting away with family. This could so one time. I got on my bike and said, Jesus, I want to take you to some of the places I like to go to. Let's go together. <laughs> and so I went on a bike ride with Jesus. That may sound crazy, but yeah. no, we went to the local McDonald's where I sit and have my diet coke and we talked a little bit there, went on a biking trail, and uh, we went on a little bit of a walk and I memorized some scripture. And I just wanted to show him where I where I go as if he didn't know. But that's what you do with a friend. Mm-hmm. You do things with a friend, and I just wanted this to be. I just want to do some things with Jesus today, just so yeah. me, me and God. I love that, and, and so we did that. So, yeah. when I say there are no rules, there are no rules, there are no rules. And for those of us who like to have structure, that's really hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. really hard. But yeah. uh, I think, um, it to know Christ just on an on, ongoing basis to really know Jesus which is more than the intellectual, it's the experiential, knowing Jesus, uh, you have to take time ab- above anything else. You have to be intentional in taking time like we talked about. And then, secondly, you have to be tenacious. You, you say, how do you protect that time? Well, I put it on the calendar, and you got to be tenacious to do that. And you got to be tenacious to have daily time with the Lord. That's, uh, this, this day away with God isn't just, well, this is the month, and the rest of the time I don't have to meet with Jesus. No, we dry up within a day, Uh, and and third, we've got to put forth the effort. We have to block things out of our schedule. We have to prepare for it. Um, You know, whatever it takes, we've got to put forth the effort to make that happen. So to know Jesus, there are certain things you have to do in order to create that environment that you can know Him, and um, getting into the Word that's that's really where you're going to find more and more about Jesus. I did a, I think a couple of years ago, I read through one of the Gospels, and I read through it with an eye of studying Jesus and getting to know Jesus. So, uh, you know, you, as he's doing his teaching, he's doing his miracles and everything, those were important, but I want to see Jesus. What is he thinking? You know, what is the motivations, if I can know those, and find out more about this, just character qualities and understand him. And that was, that was my journey through, I think, Luke, is I wanted to see Jesus all the way through, and I had to avoid studying it as an academic exercise. But that, we're going to find out who, you can find out everything you want to know about Jesus in the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Everything is there. I mean, just watch.
0: I think that you've mentioned several of these things as we've been talking, John, but I'm wondering if we can kind of put them all in one place. And that is, what what have you found are the elements of a Christian life that are necessary for you to have this knowing of Jesus to stay intimately connected with him?
1: Hmm. I think uh, rhythm and pace. God has really laid that on my heart for the last four years. Rhythm and pace, and I'm still trying to figure it out. That we all need rhythm in our lives. We have rhythm in our lives. Uh, we have a daily rhythm. We eat three times a day. We go to bed each night. Um, we go to work. Um, we take the kids to school. There's certain rhythms. Uh, having a quiet time with the Lord should be part of our, our daily rhythm. You know, we have monthly rhythms in our lives. We have uh, annual rhythms. We might go on a vacation every summer. So our lives, we like to have the expected in our lives. So there's a rhythm to our life. Well, how can we build our relationship uh, with God into that rhythm? What are the things that we can do to make sure that we're feeding that relationship with Jesus? Um, So rhythm. And the other one is pace. This is maybe even stronger. If If we're moving too fast, we can't know Jesus. And we have to slow down. And we hear a lot about that these days. You know, let's slow down. A lot of books written on that. But um, we really do. We're going to have to slow down as a way of life if we're going to meet Jesus and get to know him and spend some time with him. So the, the rhythm of knowing Jesus in our everyday life and including him in our, everything that we do and things that we do, and then the pace, uh, the pace of our life, so we, we make room for him we make room for him regularly we get so wrapped up in inactivity that we have no time for the Lord and we say well i've done my my 30 minutes or whatever it is my quiet time i checked that off i wrote some things down in my journal i answered a few questions in the study guide and we're off and we wonder wow why isn't this why isn't this making a difference in my life why why am i still discouraged why am i tense why am i angry why am I upset? Why am I lonely? Why is my spiritual life up and down? Why don't I know Jesus like so and so does? Why am I? Um, why am I not a good spouse? Why? Why am I a bad parent? <laughs> those things that creep into our lives, but those are the those are things that I believe go right back to knowing Christ. If no, if if knowing Jesus is becoming richer and richer and our relationship with Him is deeper and deeper, then we will start to experience the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness. We'll have purpose, direction, joy. Those are the things that, um, and that's pretty much what I've dedicated myself to in this next season of life is to help believers know the Christ of the cross, I say. Not just the Christ on the cross, the Cross is so central to our relationship with him, but it's not the only place. Yeah. The Christ of the cross is eternal, has no beginning and has no end, and that's the Jesus I want to know. It's like, wow, I could spend an eternity getting to know this jesus yeah well that's yeah. that's what we're going to do, and that's an adventure to me. so I want to know I want to know Jesus, as paul said and um so when i when I established fresh faith twenty four seven it's a place it's a ministry where people can go. Uh, with like-minded believers to do that, to learn to know Jesus and understand who he is and not just understand, but to really know him experientially as well.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that. I hear that, that rhythm and the pace. It, it's so, I hear the challenge in it. It's really challenge, but challenging, but it, again, it just, is is God my relationship with God the priority of my life is that the most important thing because if it is then it requires that kind of intentionality and that kind of those kind of decisions so thank you and very much And it's hard for, for people mm-hmm. like
1: yourself who have kids and you don't control a lot of the activities in the house they just uh they happen no. and <laughs> the <unexpected laughs> much to my dismay. <laughs> and it's really hard so the more it is like that the more intentional you have to be and the more you have to block out that time yeah knowing that the time that you blocked out may be interfered with anyway. And well, change, yeah. Man, and that's, it's a, it's a battle.
0: That's one of the reasons that most mornings my alarm goes off at four 40 and I'm down here in my living room with my, you know, study things, my Bible and my journal at five, because Amen. that's the time that nobody's going to need me. You know, I mean, really that's the time. And so for this season, that's what I'm doing. I don't think that's probably what I'll always do, but I, you know, it's not, promised to me then, but it's most of the time it's promised to me. I mean, there's not very many times at all that anybody else wants to be up at that hour in this house. And so, yeah. And so that's what we do, right? We decide this is my priority and this is when I can connect with the Lord. So I know, uh, John, you've mentioned several times, Philippians three, eight and 10. I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you, have do you happen to have that where you could read it to us? It's okay. If you don't.
1: Sure. Sure. What is more? I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. as Philippians 3.8. And then Philippians 3.10, Paul says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Mm. And those two verses I keep coming back to. They're so simple. Uh, and Paul never graduated from that. He always came back to knowing Christ. So that speaks to me when I get off center, I come back to those verses.
0: It worked for Paul right?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It worked for Paul. This has been fantastic talking to you. I just, I love, I am so drawn to your obvious love for the Lord. Mm. It's just, it's just so evident. And so just thank you for the time that you have put in to knowing him because we're all better for it because Mm. you help us know him. So I just really appreciate you and the time that you've taken to serve us and, and encourage us. And I'm just wondering, before I let you go, I always ask my guests this question, what are you doing right now? What's helping you know and know and keep knowing Him in in your walk right now? Are you reading anything, listening, uh, reading anything? Yeah, listening to anything, watching anything that's just helping you with that?
1: Yeah, the a book that I've <laughs> but somebody told me about this two years ago and finally reminded me. Then somebody else was reading it and I said, okay, Lord, you want me to read it? And it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry.
0: I have heard of that book. <laughs> I've not read it either.
1: Uh, John Mark Comer is the author of that. And that's what's it about. It's about getting hurry out of your life. And that's been good. I'm in the middle of that right now and highlighting a lot of things. A couple books that really hit me recently that I have read more than once. And the one is called Being with God. A.J. Sherrill wrote that. And I really like that book because he talks about uh, contemplative prayer. So we talked about stopping down with the Lord and what to do in our times with the Lord, and this is this is, I guess, the follow up to the other book called "With" for me. Mm-hmm. And it's being with God takes it deeper on a practical level, and then another book called "Centering Prayer" by Brian Russell, uh, and that it goes along the same as being with God. So those things. I've read those in the last uh, few weeks and months, and those are really hitting me right now because we can say, I want to know Christ. We can say, I'm setting aside time for Jesus and that, that type of thing. But how about if we take this a little bit deeper and these guys in those books take it a little bit deeper. And I've been learning a lot. It's the kind of book where you just got to keep reading it over and over again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing those resources with sure. us. Really appreciate sure. it. Yeah. So, John, this has been so great talking to you again. I'm just so grateful for your, your time today. John can be found at freshfaith247247.com. And I will put that in today's show notes uh, uh, with other places that you can find and follow him. And again, just all the best as you continue to help us know him more
1: great. Well, thank you, Angie, and uh, love to welcome any of your listeners into our community, and you can find out when you get there how to how to jump in, and also uh, get the devotionals I send out three times a week that aren't. Uh, at the end of it doesn't say do this and do that. It all comes back to knowing Christ, yeah. so that's, that's the broken record message I have for you. Yeah,
0: find him, follow him. Yeah, receive those, friend. Uh, you will be blessed if you do so, and thank you for listening today. Until next time, peace. I will be keeping the image in my head of John inviting Jesus into his local McDonald's and sitting with him as he drinks his usual Diet Coke. The idea of that is brilliant, actually, because that's what it takes to know, really know Jesus. We need to just invite him into our lives. And when we do that, it will be magnificent to realize how delighted he is to be welcomed in. John can be found at freshfaith247.com and his podcast is Fresh Faith in Real Life. That information and other places you can connect with John are in today's show notes. Philippians 3.8, again, this time from the NLT. Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Next week, Episcopal priest and psychotherapist, Karen Hardwick will be our guest on the show. She will be here to talk about connection We'll talk about how connection is the antidote to the rise in addiction and mental health issues and how it helps us own our stories. If you haven't yet, I'd be so grateful if you would follow the podcast on whatever directory you're using to listen. It only takes a second and it guarantees you'll see new episodes as soon as they drop. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you are walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished, child of God. Peace.